It's not about me. This is about my kid and her doing what feels right to her. And I just, I can't see not ever supporting that in whatever that looks like for her. I can't imagine putting that on her. What's up, everybody? This is Matt here with the Husband in Law Podcast. This is where we share our stories of love, ex love, marriage, ex marriage, divorce, ex divorce, and coming out of a closet that needed to be opened, and so much more. This podcast is for those who are looking to up their relationship game by understanding first yourself and then others, like your wife, your husband, and your wife's ex husband, on a whole new level. Welcome to the Husband in Law Podcast. Let's get this party started. And begin. <laughs> I thought you were going to like spew LaCroix out of your mouth or something. Why did you think that? You were just like, it looked like you were holding it in. Holding your breath. Yeah. All right. Were Jessica has waved the fancy wand of a finger and pressed record. Let's go. She did do a very fancy wand. Record. Pressing. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you keep looking at it? Are we recording? recording i was just checking steve's volume it was a very ceremonial pressing yeah. of the button <laughs> yeah so steve you just got up from a nap How i know it, it feels like midnight i couldn't it feels like it. six in the morning actually how long did you nap probably like it felt hour. like all night <laughs> <laughs> but how long was it really i don't know half an hour oh i got dressed to go to the gym <laughs> took a nap <laughs> came here late. no gym no gym <laughs> i've done that if several I, times and I thought as I was walking out my door, oh, I should bring my gym stuff so I can go to the gym after we record, but too late. I was already 10 minutes late. Couldn't go back for gym <laughs> stuff. And I'd already changed out of it. I should have just stayed in it. Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> <laughs> as he's thinking this through. Dang it. Do you want to borrow match gym clothes? Yeah. Mm, that sounds gross. I don't think they would stay on you. <laughs> you guys are shaped very different. Sounds like a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> For who? So For Steve. Yeah, I've, I've put on some weight. I've gained like 15 pounds of muscle in the last couple yeah, weeks. And where is it gone? last couple weeks? Yeah, months. On his badonk-a-donk. <laughs> exactly. I've been doing them squats. <laughs> <laughs> that reminded me, though, of this one time when I was single and I went to the gym a lot and it was like a break for Penny and I both when I was mm -hmm. single parenting. Steve, you were gone. And I just had her a lot more because she was little, home all day. Steve worked during the day. I kept her. And so <laughs> a couple of times I went to the gym and just fell asleep in the locker room. <laughs> Where in the locker room? <laughs> the couches. Oh, I'd go in there. I'd just that weird... sit on the couch and fall asleep. The because... downtown Y has that weird lounge. I don't yeah. know about the women's locker room, but the men's locker room has yeah. a stretching slash lounge area. And a, and a, a cardio area. Like oh, ours doesn't the, have cardio. Yeah. You know, clothing optional cardio. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> yeah. So I just, sometimes that's what I needed more than the workout was just to go take a nap. I was in my workout clothes. I was totally going with the intent of working out. And you should have just, just laid down naked. <laughs> <laughs> that was a little beyond what I was comfortable with. Yep. <laughs> I didn't lay down. I wonder on the couch. how many naked people passed you at that point. Probably a lot. Can I say the downtown Y, the one you're referencing here in Boise? Mm -hmm. I have never seen a more free spirited or exhibitionist like crowd of people than in the men's locker room at the downtown Y. Oh yeah, have That's you noticed funny. that? Oh yeah. I don't know why. It's a very different <laughs> locker room culture than. 
It's like yep. any other. It's Here like I am. This is who I am. Yeah, I'm okay with it. Is and it it's just it's... like it's a big locker room. Yeah, and people just like you don't wear your towel when you're walking from locker to shower or to bathroom or to the cardio area or the couch or whatever. It's just full on naked dudes walking around, <laughs> just like taking their time, relaxing, chatting. It's very strange to me. It's not that way in the women's locker room. Hmm. It's pretty normal locker room behavior. I mean, there's naked people occasionally, but not not to that extent. I wonder, question about that to you, gentlemen, because I've never been in that locker room. Is it because there's a large majority of older men? I was going to say it is yeah. an older crowd. Yeah. And it, so it, they're just likely, very comfortable. And they're comfortable being naked. They probably walk around their house naked and it's like, there I am. They don't have kids at home. They don't care. They've given up caring. Yeah. I guess. It's most likely what it is. Because I can see my dad being that way. (laughs) Is that that true, Craig? (laughs) (laughs) Just being free-spirited around the locker room. Because I know like his comfort level has gotten more... He's gotten more comfortable with that the older he's gotten. I feel like your dad could be like a full part of this podcast. Like (laughs) we can have him set up like in the corner, like just moderating like every once in a while. Like if we have to fact check somebody. like, like, "Mm -hmm, mm -hmm." yeah, we can look at (laughs) him. Like he can, you know, pipe in with a mic anytime. I do have to say that episode with him. He can like hit a buzzer. Yeah. (laughs) Uh -uh. (laughs) Stop right there. Fact check. I don't know if we'd ever get anywhere with the three of you on the podcast. <laughs> when are we doing well, part two with him anyway? Never. Here we are. Here oh, we are. We're going to do it sometime. Sometime soon, hopefully. <laughs> and Kathy? Yeah, maybe we should have them both That's going to be a couple years. That's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> How do we get on all these topics? How about? do we ever get gym, on any locker room? Topic. You went to the gym with Penny, and I used to go fall you asleep. Fell asleep in the locker room. Okay, mm-hmm. yes, a couple of times. So, I think so let me ask you this, Steve: Have you, like, in high school, talking about a locker room, PE? Were you comfortable in the locker no. room? No, no, no. That does not. I was like me. deathly shy. Okay, in the locker room. I don't remember in high school for some reason, but I very vividly remember like so. What was so do much anxiety around down. being in the locker room in junior high? What would you do when you'd go in and dress down? Like, did you just change there? Did you like feel the need to cover up, or what'd you do? I definitely covered up. Yeah. I was like super shy. Did you like? Hold and I don't your know if it was a gay thing back? or a or just or a, just like a modesty teenage nudity, like you're just ha- not having like grown up around that being a appropriate a thing to. I don't know. I feel like I didn't really know how to handle nudity. <laughs> so your dad didn't walk around the house naked. No. Neither did mine. Mine did. Thanks, <laughs> yours, is thanks, the, Dad. yours is the only one that did. <laughs> Should we share but, more family secrets? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've thought of several as we're sitting here. <laughs> so, like, you have the PE version of the locker room, but then you have like the football version and basketball version. Like, it, when you're like a team, that gets pretty, like, you get pretty comfortable with people. Were you on those teams? So I played football for a little bit, okay. but then like getting ready for like practice and stuff, like you're with the same team and you know each other really well and it's just like, eh. Just let it all hang out. Yeah. Hmm. I wonder if it was like that on, I'm I mean, sure every, it is on girls sports teams. I just never was on girls sports teams, so I have no idea. There was one time where we uh, get like soap, we'd like clog the, gra- <laughs> the drains in the... <laughs> In the shower because it was a communal shower, right? So we'd clog the drain and like make a little hot tub. No, you no, just turn on all sanitary. the shower, put like <laughs> soap down, and then do some slip and slide on, oh, the, on the shower. Okay. 
My cousins and I used to turn it into hot tubs in the public at the public swimming pool. I'm thinking of I'm thinking of the episode, the Seinfeld episode, (laughs) where George pees in the shower. I just watched that last night. Really? (laughs) Yes. That's what I was sitting next to you on the couch laughing so hard about. <laughs> the medical journals say it's unhealthy to hold it in. What do the medical journals say about standing in a pool of another man's urine? <laughs> but honestly, most people pee in the shower. At least their own showers. I don't pee in public showers. How do you know? Because I've seen lots of I Instagram polls about this. You've peed on me more than once, you jerk. What? <laughs> Can't believe you just brought that up. Neither can that I. Pete on me. He's such a jerk. He thinks it's funny. Look at him. He's so it was a, it was a funny so thing, hard. not a not a kink thing. No, he was that's just, a thing. I know, but he was just being funny. He <laughs> thought it was funny to pee on me when he was in the shower. I did not find it funny. Right. Well, he just washed right off. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Sometimes so. Matt forgets that I'm. So mature, Matt. A woman <laughs> and his wife, and not one of the boys in the locker room. You're just one of my buddies. <laughs> <laughs> like you don't pour cold water, ice cube water, on your wife that you just married. It's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was pretty funny. Wow. That was hilarious. I like got so pissed the first time he did it. And he still did it again. Like, I was mad. I couldn't tell she was mad. How many times have you done this? He's done it two <laughs> or three times. All at the beginning of our marriage, he finally got it that it wasn't funny. Wow. I've thought about it other times, but... <laughs> Gosh. Wow. Now you couldn't do it. I would see you coming. We don't have a door on our shower or a curtain. I would know. Yeah. Look, he's Anyways. plotting it. He's plotting it in his head. <laughs> all right. What are we supposed to be talking about? That was it. That's all we're talking about. <laughs> Where were you going with the gym story? You fell asleep. All I was saying is that I fell asleep. Like you were saying you took a nap. Oh, okay. Sometimes I finished it up. I said, sometimes okay. what you really need is just the break. And for mm. me, I needed a break. I knew I needed to go to the gym so that Penny had somewhere to go where I knew she was safe and was having fun. I needed a break. And I thought that was the workout and then realized, no, I just need to lay down and go to sleep. I didn't lay down. I just sat down. I think it's funny what a pivotal role the gym played in both you and Penny's life in that time frame. Oh, it was a big It was deal. like a very big part of both your routine. It was their second home. It mm-hmm. was huge for you, Jessica, to get some time away from being a single mom mm-hmm. and to work out, get some endorphins, yep. do what you love. And it was huge for Penny. She loved Child Watch. Everybody she knew loved her. Socializing. She loved the <laughs> attention. She loved. It was very much her community, her social uh-huh. group. Everyone knew this adorable little towhead Penny, and I. And everywhere we went downtown, mm-hmm. people would say hi. Not to me, to Penny, <laughs> to my four year old. They knew her from the gym. Yeah. <laughs> so I ended up meeting all like literally. We'd go down downtown or whatever, and she would see more people she knew. Than I would. (laughs) (laughs) I cried the day I canceled my gym membership. I remember. I literally sat in my car. It was like a and cried. (laughs) It was like a going away party. Like it was. That was what a year ago, two years ago. It's been at least three or four. Like even I like 
have gotten to know some of the people mm-hmm. that were your like class instructors just because they know I'm associated <laughs> to you. And now like we have a and you know like we're friends now. <laughs> so a couple of well, one funny thing from that is that's where I first got the idea of us starting a podcast and sharing our stories is from talking to people at the gym because I talked to them and they'd be like, Naked oh my in the gosh, locker room? no, <laughs> not usually. But I'd be talking to them and, you know, about my life and dropping little things. And then people start asking questions. Well, wait a second. What? Like, I'm like, oh, well, my ex-husband, he's gay. We get along. I'm LDS. And people could not get enough of it. And then I, some people would be like, oh, so what's your name? How are you doing? And I'd tell them whatever they asked. And they'd be like, oh, my gosh, I've heard about you. And I'm like, what? This is so weird. But also, I realized people wanted to hear stories of love and stories that were positive and things that worked. So that was kind of where I started this idea. Well, one of the things that pushed me towards this. But also I was going to say, and this will segue into our topic for today. This is our dear listener episode, just by the way. People, that was my community. So when you move somewhere, it's kind of hard to find friends. And I have a church community that makes it really easy, I've realized, to find people to connect with, to find friends with. And my second community was definitely the gym. That was definitely where I made friends and connected. So it was hugely important to Penny and I at that point in my life when I was a single mom, moving back to Boise, having been gone for, I don't know, how long would we be gone? Three, four years. And even when we lived here, we hadn't lived here very long before we left again. Yeah. So, but speaking of church, that's what we're talking about today. And we're specifically talking to people who are navigating. I'm trying to figure out how to say it. I wanted to come up with some clever way, but different religious beliefs in co parenting. And this could be generalized to different religious beliefs in any relationship. um, But we're going to specifically talk about how we navigate that with co parenting and with our kids and all of the things. And Matt, you touched on this, like talking about the different styles that. We both have in co-parenting with our exes of different religions and how that's a different, different approach there. So that's one thing we could touch on. And I know we also episodes ago, I don't know how long ago, someone we had, we were reading a, a question from someone that they had asked, how do you navigate relationships with, now that he's left the church, he was asking me, how do you navigate relationships with family members and loved ones who still carry religious beliefs and lifestyle and how do you balance that now that you don't? Yeah. Those are a couple of questions we can touch on today. Yeah. So let's talk about it. So Jessica and Steve, if you guys want to share how you guys have your co-parenting relationship in regards to church and no church and how you guys navigate that, and then I can share how I navigate it. And some of the things that have come up for you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Steve and I had conversations from like day one, I feel like, from when we decided to get divorced mm-hmm. of concerns that may come up, obviously, because <laughs> in our religion, so many people just assume that we have a negative mindset, a negative view of gay people in general, of people who are queer. And so that was something that. Steve and I both talked about of how we approach that, how do we talk to Penny about that, and different things along the way. 
also like how does Steve feel about her continuing in the church? Right, because it's on the flip side of that. It's also yeah. assumed that someone who has left the church and mm-hmm. come out doesn't is want going their kid. to be right is going mm-hmm. to be anti Mormon and not want their kid to have any involvement and mm-hmm. will fight that. Which honestly, we get a lot of questions about because people are like, "Well, he's my ex is saying this about the church," or "My <laughs> my ex is saying that they." will only have our kids in the church and that I'm the devil because I'm out of the church. And like, I mean, you get so many extremes. Well, it's it's a very... It's not handled well on either side of it. Yeah, and it's just... I there's mean, there's extreme emotion and feelings that are mm-hmm. attached to both both ends. And so I feel like watching you, Steve, and Jessica do this, like there is this happy medium that can be achieved. And, and I, how do you find that, right? There's I, give and take. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things that Steve and I have both made a point to do is to try not to ever speak poorly of what the other one believes and how they live their life, mm-hmm. but instead to find the ways to support their life. And that respect has been given on both sides. And so it's easier to continue with that. I understand when it's being thrown in your face or whatever, it's harder to give that respect. But I, th- I think you and I, Steve, have really both tried to show that respect. Mm-hmm. And I know one of the things Steve always brings up what? is what Tell Penny me. wants. <laughs> you always make it a point right. to say, you know, if Penny Penny seems genuinely happy going to church and she wants to be there. Mm-hmm. And Steve has said, you know, at any point if she expresses that she doesn't want to go, then he's going to support that 100% as well. Right. But there's yeah for me it, it it boils down to that two things really because I I kind of went through this mm-hmm. mental conversation with myself of how do I how do I approach this like you know what good came from the church in my life and what negative came from it and what what do I want my daughter to experience and what do I want to protect her from and honestly it it came down to two things and one is I want her to always do what she feels is right for herself and I want her to be making that determination inwardly and from her own feelings, not from what everyone else in the world is telling her is right for her, including me and you, Jessica. Mm-hmm. Therefore, if she feels like church is right for her and she enjoys it and, and she's going for the right reasons, then I'm fully on board. And the, the second thing, <laughs> forget the second thing. <laughs> what was my second thing? <laughs> I don't know, Steve. Oh, my second thing <laughs> is that I want to support the people I love and what's important to them. Mm-hmm. So if this really is something that Penny feels like she should be involved in, then I support. You know, I, I I want to be there for her and what is important to her, just like I want her to be there for me and what's important to me. And I think on the flip side of that is is you know <laughs> how I feel about you and supporting you and mm-hmm. your life and you finding happiness. And also, I think you've seen how I love and support the people in my life who aren't active in the church and who aren't members of the church. And so I think that makes it easier. Right. Maybe. I don't know. Also, I think the fact that we've both played off each other's energy, that neither one of us has drawn a line in the sand saying, Mm -hmm. I don't support this in my child's life and I'm going to fight you on it. Mm -hmm. Either one of us could have done that about the other and haven't. No. And I mean, we've just kind of reciprocated that back Mm -hmm. and forth. I don't know. Yeah. And I mean, from the get go, I told you, like, I'm going to keep taking her to church. Like, that Mm -hmm. was never off the table until... If and when she gets to a point where she says, I don't want to go, and I have I support that. I'm not going to force her, and that's something we're going to talk about a little bit later as well, is, is why 
Matt and I are kind of on the same page with that. I worried a lot. There was a time, it was years ago, but I had a lot of worry about if and when Penny chooses to leave the church, how you would respond to that and if you would, in fact, be okay with it or if mm-hmm. it would cause problems. Because if, cause honestly, if she ever does choose to do that, I'm going to be there for her to help her navigate mm-hmm. that. And if there's aspects of life that she wants to explore that so far have been off limits for her that, you know, I, I, want, I am a resource in... Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've been there and I've done that. And I, I could be a resource for her in, in finding a healthy way to navigate leaving the church, which is a very, very difficult thing to do. I'm not going to encourage that. But if that is a route she ever goes, I will be there for her in that. And I, I worried about how that would affect you, Jessica, if that day ever came. And I don't know that it will. Who knows? But whether knows? it does or not, I don't know. But I don't remember we talked about it. And that concern kind of resolved itself for me of you just kind of establishing that i just kind of felt like right now it's easier for you to be on board because she is very into the church but if she ever lost that interest would you still be on board or would you then draw a line in the sand and be would it be more difficult so one of the things that has really helped me process this and i know there are things that will come up if she decides to leave the church that i'm sure i won't be expecting in myself but i've also spent time pondering that and questioning that of what that feels like, what that would look like for me. And the thing that it comes down to is it's not about me. This is about my kid and her doing what feels right to her. And I just, I can't see not ever supporting that in whatever that looks like for her. I can't imagine putting that on her. And I think what I've, somebody asked me on one of the podcast interviews I did about, um, throwing the manual out for my life because I feel like that's really what I've done is at some point I just kept throwing out the manual of how I thought my life should look like. When Steve told me about the pornography, I threw out what I thought our marriage was going to look like. You know, it changed. Not completely, but it shifted. You constantly had to... And then I threw it out again when I realized it's all gay porn. And then again, when I couldn't get pregnant and then again, and all these times in my life and realized that there is no way that my life is going to look that is right. Like, as long as I'm doing what I feel is right, it's going to be okay. And same thing for my daughter, that I don't want to have a script for how her life should look like. And so I've stopped saying things like when she goes to college or when she gets married or when she has kids. Like, yes, those are things that, you know, probably will happen. They might happen. Why set the expectation and why why, be disappointed if it doesn't? Also, you could do this and also you could do that. And the one thing that I find that I have a really hard time with is the idea of if she doesn't have kids, which is one that I still need to throw out. But me too. Other than that, other I, than she's that, our, she's she's my one chance to be a grandpa. See, yeah, I feel yeah. I mean, I have I have <laughs> no pressure, kids. Penny. But I have come on, kids as well. But also, I want to she be... She loves kids. I know, but... I'm not too... But you never know, I, like, maybe she can't have kids or maybe yeah. whatever. And so that's one of the things we that We were I'm, just at Costco today. <laughs> and Jessica's like, there's some prenatal vitamins. Penny, do you need those? And she looks... She's like... What are those? What? I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I was like, no, she doesn't need those right now. <laughs> I was just teasing. But it's that whole thing of... I've thrown out a lot of what I believe my daughter's life should look like. Because it doesn't matter as long as she is happy and and she is kind and loving to other people and loving to herself and kind to herself. That's all I really care about. And so so I've thrown it out. And I think that's been a big help in co-parenting. Life has been hard for you time and time again with things 
that have been thrown at you. Can you imagine how much harder it would be if you were still hanging on to that manual from years ago? If you keep digging in your heels about what you feel is the most important for your kid, and this is so hard when, I mean, it's a big deal when it comes to religion, and I get that, and that's because that's what we're specifically talking about tonight, is I understand the importance of being on the religious side, like how I feel yeah. about religion. But I also know so many good people who are happy, who do not live like I live. And so if my daughter is one of them that chooses that, then dang it, I don't care. I'm going to love and support her and be happy for her. So I really have, I mean, and, I've just... And also, there are a lot of scenarios up. in life where the choice isn't like change what your child is doing. The choice is continue to be involved in your child's life or not. Yeah. It's because they're going to do what they're going to do. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of are you going to let what they're doing wreck your relationship or will you find a way to, sure. to let it carry on and continue? And that's that's the choice mm -hmm. that really is what we're faced with a lot of the times, not yeah. the choice of how do I get my kid to do something different? And if this is a topic that you really dig your heels in in co-parenting and try to bash the other parent for, you are hurting your kids because they yeah. are going to feel that and they are going to remember that. And so it is a really tricky topic to navigate and to try to have conversations around. I know a lot of women who reach out to me who are like, how do I teach my kids this and that? And I'm like, just be nice. Just speak with love. Speak with kindness. Keep being an example. Keep being the example you want to set, but also recognize- They have choices. They have choices and they're going to be fine and they're going to do good things. When you feed that to them, then they feel that. What's so. your experience with all this, Matt? <laughs> I just remember probably about four years ago, I was sitting in the bishop's office and I asked him the question. I said, how hard do I push to try and get my kids baptized? And I remember the answer that he gave me was, well, they're your children, so you fight tooth and nail for them. And I didn't know exactly what that meant. Like, well, how do you fight it? Like, and that's that's a question that he can't really answer because every situation is different. And then, and you're referring to the fact that your kids were of age to be baptized, yeah, but and they're not. Yeah, we're not. Yeah, chose not to be baptized. Yeah, and so I've contemplated that for years now. Of what do I do? What do I fight? Well, I know that the only battle that I can truly fight is the one that I have control of. And that's my, my battle with myself, right? And so the only really option is control what I can control. And sure, I can be an example, but I am not going to, and I've told the bishop this, and I've told the missionaries this, that look, I'm not going to talk to my children about being baptized any more than I have already. Yes, I've talked talk to them a lot about it. They know how but, you feel. But not a lot. Like yeah. you haven't. I mean, it hasn't been an ongoing conversation no. or like pushed or anything because we saw the tension and the distress they were carrying. And so we shut, I mean, we really, before they even kind of got to the age of eight where they could be baptized, we kind of already were not Talking pushing about it. it. Yeah. <laughs> so, it, I mean, it's been brought up just because like Penny's getting baptized or their cousins are getting baptized or whatever. Yeah. They know. They're aware. Yeah, and, and and ultimately, like I said, 
I won't have that conversation with them. They already know where I stand. They know what my feelings are. They know what my beliefs are. And now I can only move forward through my actions, right? Mm -hmm. And for example, this last month, my son has decided, well, he kind of plays this. A couple of weeks ago, he used the excuse that he hasn't had a day to sleep in yet this week. So if, if he could sleep in on Sunday and I'd be okay with it. I'm like, dude, if you don't want to go to church, that's fine. Like, you don't have to go to church. He's like, okay, yeah, I'm just, I'm just going to sleep in. I'm like, okay, whatever. And so right now he's, he's going through this phase of, and maybe it's not a phase. He just he doesn't want to go to church. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to fight him on that. Sure, he's 14 and a half. He's almost 15 years old. I'm not going to fight him on that because he's to the point now he can make that choice. And I don't want him to have resentment towards me or towards the church mm-hmm. of, well, this is how it is. Being forced to go. Yeah, I'm There's forced no to go. There's no point. And so or I just enforce consequences or ground him or give right. him asylum yeah. treatment or take away privileges or. Right. And I just want to. I hadn't even thought of all those things. What? <laughs> <laughs> the list of consequences Steve just pulled out so fast. <laughs> Steve's obviously experienced those more than I have. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> but you've recognized that that's, I mean, forcing him to go isn't leading to anything positive. No, if if anything, I feel like it would hinder my relationship with my son. Mm-hmm. Because on the flip side, if I were to force that, then it's like, a, it's more, basically, it's more firepower. Yeah. If you want to look at it that way, I don't really. Against you. Against me of, hey, you know, my mom doesn't see this as something that I need to do. So we're just going to, you know, bash you behind our back of anyways. I just don't want that. I don't want my child feeling as though it's an us versus them mentality. Mm -hmm. I want him to feel as though, Hey, my mom and my dad love me and they're going to support me in whatever choices I make. Yeah. I mean, you're literally the example of what I was trying to iterate a minute ago of you can't choose what Hank's going to do, whether or not he's going to go to church, all you no. can choose is whether or not you're going to let it affect your relationship with right. him. For sure. And you're choosing to... Right. And a lot of times, I, well, the last several months, I've kind of been beating myself up with that conversation that I've had with the bishop four years ago or so of, am I fighting tooth and nail for this? And I feel like I have, but then some days I'm like, I feel like I'm failing, right? I know, I know I'm not. So right, because I have a really good relationship with both of my children. Well, th- so I want to go through some scenarios. What? Because the alternative is fight tooth and nail. What are the ways you could fight? What are the things you could do mm-hmm. as a result of Hank saying he doesn't want to go to church? Well, there's a lot of things I could do. Let's hear them. <laughs> I could try and go back to court, and that would be hell, right? Insist on. Insist on the fact that the children have to go to church with me now. Could that actually be in your... Yeah. It's basically in there. In, it's yeah. basically in our decree anyway. I didn't know that was a thing that actually made it into decrees on. Mm-hmm. It depends. Depends on the situation, obviously. Yeah. The judge is obviously going to look at the situation. and If it's something that's been consistently done the whole kid's lives, mm-hmm. not that the court's going to come in and tell this kid he has to go to church, no. but that it has to be respected. The option has to be respected by the other parent okay. is more what's in there. Yeah. I mean, you can get really mad at him. You can take away exactly all those things yeah. you were saying, Steve. I could take away privileges. I could take away his phone. I could take away 
You okay, fine. Got- if you're not going to go to church, you can't play video games. Like I, mm-hmm. I could take away all kinds of things, but what would that do? So one of the things I'm thinking about flipping how, you know, thinking about this in fighting tooth and nail is, is that you at this point have had to fight tooth and nail to let go of what you thought your kid's life would look like. Right, throwing out the manual. And that's the same of being able to fight that urge to insist on it and to be right and to say you're in control. Instead, you have opened that door so that he feels seen where he is at right now and loved and supported. And that might be what he needs more right now than being forced to go to church. Well, absolutely. And and I would never force one of my children to go to church. So one other thing that I want to bring up here, since we are talking about in our last two episodes this month about church leadership, is... I have regular conversations with Penny about the fact that she might not agree with everything that she's taught at church or that, and that she kind of like we talked about how you need to understand what resonates with you from leadership and what doesn't and process that and understand why it doesn't resonate and all those things so that she can understand what she's feeling and she knows what she believes and things like that. And so I think that's a good conversation to have. I think it is a great conversation and I so love that you do that with her. Yeah. And it started, I mean, the first time I remember having that conversation is when she came home and I think it was, things usually come up with Penny when she's going to bed at night. It's like she starts processing. That's that's when she starts overthinking things and (laughs) And the wheels are turning. And not going to sleep. (laughs) And she like lays there forever trying to figure it out and then finally she figures it out and can actually vocalize it. Anyways, she's telling me that she had a lesson about drinking in primary. So she was under the age of 12. I want to say she was around eight, seven or eight. And she's all upset about this lesson and and how it was given and how the lesson is given and what we hear are two different things. And I know the lady that was teaching her and (laughs) Penny, I said, Penny, what's bothering you about this lesson? And she's like, well, I don't know. And, And so I'm thinking of things that might have been said or how she might have translated in her own little kid brain of do you feel like the teacher was saying that anybody who drinks is bad and she just starts bawling and she's like yeah that's kind of how I feel and I said and like so why do you feel bad about that and she's like well my dad drinks <laughs> and I said Penny is your dad a bad guy no And I said, and we know that. We know your dad's not a bad guy. I said, I know lots of people who drink who are very good people. It's okay. Like that as a personal decision. And I said, the person that taught your lesson, I know she has people in her life that drink, that she loves and cares about. That is not what she was saying. If she did say that, that's not what she meant. (laughs) So Penny's like just going through this conversation of, you know, maybe we're just hearing things how we want to hear them or taking them very personal because we know somebody we love that's in that situation that we feel like maybe we don't want to do, but how do we love them and figuring out that whole thing. And I've had conversations with her too. I'm like, it's going to come up at church about queer people and people are going to say things that are hurtful because they don't understand. And so you need to understand how you feel and know what you feel around those. Anyways. It's inevitably going to happen. It's going going to happen. That something you are taught is going to 
differ from how you really feel. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have to reconcile that and decide. Mm-hmm. So I love that you're teaching here her to stick to what she really feels. And it's not that the people teaching them are teaching wrong things or whatever. Sometimes we just don't say things that resonate with the people hearing them. Sometimes people are a little to one side and it's just doesn't resonate with you and that's okay. That creates balance. And but just understanding how you feel. It can also very much not just be a the person who's teaching a thing, but it can be a I mean, there can be major points of yeah. doctrine that you just don't understand. Or or don't, or don't agree, agree with. with. That you just flat out disagree with that your yeah. church is teaching is truth and you don't agree. You're gonna have to decide how to handle that. Yeah. Do you put aside how you feel or do you and blindly follow, follow. or do you or do you, you know. take the parts you like and keep going or do you leave it all because of one thing? Like those are right. conversations. Or do you find a way to reconcile that yeah. like I support and, these parts of it, but this one, no, I don't. And I'm okay with that. Or you will have to face that decision of how do you let this affect your faith, your involvement in that church, et cetera. And again, that for me was throwing out some of the manuals of how I thought about church and teachings of church and everything. But I knew it was something I needed to do for myself and also for my daughter to have her understand Mm -hmm. that she gets to choose how she believes and what resonates with her and all these things. But you can also hold both. You can have, like, I love so many things about the church. There are things that I still struggle with and have questions about that I don't understand right now. And I've come to accept that that's okay for me. It's okay to have questions. It's real. I think all of us do. Instead of just pushing those down, you know, exploring them some and understanding why I have questions. I don't know. Where's Where's Sarah at with the church, if you want to talk about that? She doesn't, she wants to go every Sunday. Yeah. I mean, she's never expressed that she doesn't want to go. I mean, she knows Hank isn't going. Yeah. But she still gets up every Sunday morning and gets dressed and she's there. She loves going to like Wednesday night activities. Most of the time. When she doesn't want to go, she doesn't go. But most of the time she enjoys those too. So So what about just stepping outside of co-parenting and balancing differences in religious views, but just in general, family relationships, friendships, and like, can you be close to someone that has different religious views than you? It's truly what it is, is recognizing what you have control over and what you don't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And appreciating differences. Yeah. And diversity. Right. <laughs> Not everyone has to think like you. And you don't have to only be around people that think like you and live like you. Enjoy some diversity. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think you can. But I, I, I also think that I personally think that you can also have that within church membership, within a congregation as well. Of There's diversity there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, so. for sure. <laughs> there's lots of diversity. I think for a long time, we just kind of played that there wasn't diversity. And I think that was more damaging than playing that there wasn't. Do you know what I'm saying? Kind of. Yeah. Feeling mm. like if you couldn't ask the questions, if you couldn't think a little differently, then it wasn't okay. But see, I don't ever remember that. Here's yeah. an example, Matt, that you relate to. You had a hard time when you got divorced feeling like you were outside. You were kind of, you didn't fit in. Yeah, that's part of what I'm talking about. Yeah, is the, the di- diversity of feeling like because you were divorced, yeah, you weren't part of that. That type of thing is what I'm saying. It wasn't talked about as much, and we talked about that before. But it never stopped me from asking questions. I know of 
yeah, yeah. Is there yeah. less of a stigma around that now? I've been out of the church oh, for 10 divorced? years, so yeah. I would say so. I don't... I get that feeling. I but... never felt the stigma, but... Yeah, but at the same time, I, I think the wards that Jessica and I are in are a lot different yeah. than a lot of the wards yeah. out there, just because we are... open. Mm-hmm. They're more of an inner city ward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even though it's Boise, Idaho. Well, it's Boise. Boise's Boise is different. different Even though it's Meridian. Idaho. Boise is very different yeah. than all the rest of Idaho. So Yeah. So. Okay. Any other thoughts on that? I don't think so. No. Something to think about in co-parenting relationships and otherwise of navigating religion. There you go. Have a great week. Thanks, everybody. Hi, friend. If you got done listening to today's episode and you thought, I want to learn how to create some of this shift in my thinking. I want to create how I think about the things in my life. It might not be related to the topic we are talking about today. It might be something completely different. But if you have something nagging in your head that you're thinking, I need to change how I think about this, go pick up our free workbook called Change Your Story, Change Your Life. There is a link in the show notes, or you can go to doubledlogic.com forward slash free workbook. This is the first step to help you identify what you need to change. What is the thought you are telling yourself that you need to shift in your life? If you are looking for that, go pick up the free workbook now and we will see you next week. Hey everyone, for the takeaway this week, we just wanted to really let you guys know that it is so important to love yourselves. We change, our bodies change, things change. And so we got to learn to love ourselves in a new way, no matter what phase of life. And don't let anybody tell you where you should be at or what you should be doing. You pay attention to what feels right for you. If you enjoyed today's episode, please go share it on social media. Take a screenshot, tag husband-in-law. And if you have a question, go to Apple Podcasts and put a rating and review and write the question in the review. We will be sure to answer it for you.